Hello, HR professionals. Good news. This episode of the Great Retention Podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM CP, SHRM SCP, and HRCI recertification. Stay tuned to access your certification code. Welcome to The Great Retention, a show spotlighting executive leaders who are building award-winning cultures where people feel empowered, seen, and recognized. I'm your host, John Duisberg, and I co-founded my own company and this podcast with the simple idea that life is short, so why not love the people with whom you work? We have a passion for helping people-first leaders like you connect individuals and teams inside of your organization to create stronger workplace communities and cultures. So whether you're leading a small business or a large enterprise, fully distributed or in the office, welcome to our community here at The Great Retention. Imagine having a clear path to your very own Emerald City, a shared vision that motivates and inspires every single member of your team. On today's episode, I sit down with Ron Doherty, President and CEO of Doherty Business Solutions, as he reveals just how this can be achieved. Doherty Business Solutions has achieved remarkable recognition as a top workplace, ranking second in the nation in the Top Workplaces USA program. Ron shares insights into maintaining a common sense of purpose across their geographically distributed team and discusses the unique elements of their company culture, including the famous Doherty Party Band. He unveils his vision for Doherty's future, aiming to grow the business from $350 million in revenue to $1 billion in revenue and eventually transform it into an employee-owned company. Ron also highlights the impactful Access Point program, driving diversity in the technology workforce. Stay tuned for Ron's valuable advice on creating top workplaces. Ron, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of The Great Retention. I am so excited to uh, dig into all things employee experience, the the culture that you've built at Doherty, but um, super grateful and just honored to have you as our guest today. So thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, John. Really looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, let's dig in. So right. um, I wanted to start with something that I know is, is really important to you as a leader. Um, and I think most recently, 2023, Doherty won the top Workplace USA. I think you were number two out of a hundred winners, and I think there was forty-two thousand companies that were invited for this. So I know culture is really important. Um, but talk to us a little bit about, you know, uh, give us the context for Doherty. How many employees? Number of locations? You know, countries around the world? And talk to us a little bit about what that culture looks like at Doherty today. Yeah, happy to do that. So twenty-five hundred teammates working in thirty states and three countries now and on a good growth path, good growth pace. And, you know, culture, culture is so important. It's so important. Shared, a shared vision, common sense of purpose, uh, shared core, core values. Um, you know, one of the ways I look at it, okay, is um, I think about the Wizard of Oz. Okay. You, you ever see the Wizard oh, of Oz? Oh, of course, it's yeah, classic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you've got Dorothy and the Scarecrow and the Tin Man. They're, they're, they're going down the yellow brick road, right? And they have this shared vision to get to the Emerald City, to meet the great and powerful Wizard of Oz, okay? And that's what makes it all worthwhile. And if you take that vision away, they're just going down this yellow brick road with lions, tigers, bears, and scary witches. They're gonna go back home. But you give them the vision, 
give them the Emerald City and they'll keep going. So every company needs an Emerald City. I love that analogy. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah. Um, love that. Uh, so, so where my mind goes um, is that I think most leaders, you know, that I speak with, they would they would 100% agree that you've got to have this vision, and that's what kind of brings people together to to move forward and overcome adversity. But when you have people spread out all over the country, all over the world, and in, in, in the case of Doherty, that's a challenge, right? So, so talk to us a little bit about how do you how do you coalesce twenty five hundred plus people around a common purpose, around a common vision, right? So, talk to us a little bit about that because I know that's a challenge, you know, that I'm hearing from other leaders today. Yeah, that's a great point. So, just constant ongoing communication in every form imaginable. It, uh, John, that fits into one of those categories that I think of as simple but hard, simple but difficult. And you know, I, I like those. I like those things because they're not confusing. They're just hard to do. And so most companies just don't do them well. And if you can do that well, that thing that everybody knows they need to do, but it's hard to do, then you can gain a competitive advantage. You can make your company better. So, so that's one of the ways that I look at it, but constant ongoing communication definitely fits into that category. Um, you, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, beginning of the pandemic, I started sending out uh, Sunday night emails to my entire employee population, all of my teammates. And I, I, I started doing that. I've done that every Sunday night for three years now. And because I realized as the pandemic started to wind down and we were able to see each other in person, that there'd been tremendous value and that, that additional, not the only form, but that additional form of communication. In fact, as I traveled around the country, I met with teams of people, employees that I never met before, teammates that I never met, uh, would come up to me and say, I feel like I, I know you. I know you, Ryan, because I read your messages, I see your podcast. From the, from the emails. Yeah, and, and uh, that, uh, that made me more approachable. It, it gave us uh, just some common footing. So, so that's, that's one, of, one of many ways, but things like that. Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, I think all too often where we go is, you know, we've got to have some really big strategy or, you know, we've got to do all this. And then, you know, what you're saying is, no, it, it can be simple. Doesn't mean it's easy. Right. And so, so, so Sunday night emails. Okay. So tell me, I'm a, I'm a leader in another company. I'm, I'm having these challenges. So what are you what are you sharing in these emails? Is this about like business updates? Is this about life? Like talk to us a little. Uh, tell me a little more about that. I'm fascinated. Great question. All the above. Okay. All the above. And I started to put pictures. Pictures are great, right? They they help bring things to life. So I'll just say here here was my week. And and what I'm trying to convey is here's what I care about. Here's what I think is important. Here's how I'm spending my time to try and be a good teammate for you. So 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 I look for things like that. So. So this Sunday, I would say, yeah, I took a trip to Atlanta. Uh, I met with uh, a number of customers. Here are some examples. A, a nice meeting with uh, the CIO and, and, and responsible for this organization. A great meeting with a Home Depot leader. Uh, I, I attended the Women in Technology Awards banquet in Atlanta. Uh, I did a, an employee happy hour because we're moving to a new office space and we were just celebrating the the 12, 13 years we'd spent in that office space. And I did this really interesting podcast. Really this interesting great podcast. Yeah, <laughs> with this 
this super host named uh, named John. Uh, I love they it. They asked me great questions. <laughs> okay. And uh, you know, this just just a just a anchor back to the previous point. This podcast is another example of a way to communicate. So we'll we'll use this. Uh, we'll give all our teammates a chance to see it, and they'll hear me talk about what I think matters uh, with Darty, our culture, things things that that make a difference to us. And you know, there's there's this concept that this 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 isn't going to come out perfectly right, but that a leader can be unpredictable but must be consistent. Now that when I first heard that. And it probably it probably hasn't been said that many times because it's confusing. But the idea here is, from a value standpoint, you must be absolutely consistent. There can be no shift or no change in terms of the things that matter to you. But you can be unpredictable because creativity and the entrepreneurial spirit require that you not get stuck in a rut. So you can be a little unpredictable. You can pivot. You can change. You can shift. You can see new ways to bring value. But morally, and from an integrity standpoint, and from a culture standpoint, everything you do has to be consistent. So when my teammates have a chance to see this podcast, they're going to see a lot of consistency. What you hear me say is what I say every day, all day long. Yep. I love how uh, you shared that when you, when you travel to the different offices, people come up and, and, and they say, hey, I, I feel like I know you, even though you may have, may have never met them before, right? That's powerful. Um, in our uh, previous conversation, Ron, you shared with me um, something that uh, I guess you can commit or promise to to new employees as they're they're coming on, which is, hey, I can't guarantee that everything's going to be perfect, but I'm never going to stop. I'm never going to stop getting better, and I can promise you that you will have a positive impact on the world, and that's powerful. Yeah, I appreciate that, John. So important. You know, I I started doing that several years ago as I. I would talk to new candidates coming into the company as well as existing teammates. And I just wanted to be totally, totally transparent. Transparency is such a big thing, such an important thing, I believe. And, and, and so I want to be completely transparent. This company is not going to be perfect in every way. But I will promise you two things, that I'll never stop working night and day to make it better along with you. And that if you work for this company, if you're part of this team, you will make a positive difference in the world. And, and I'll never let up on those two commitments. And what I'm hearing, and I love that, and what I'm hearing uh, from other leaders is, I, I, a CEO, CEO told me they work to re-recruit their people every day um, with the idea that now you've got firms out in bigger cities, bigger companies, what have you, they're recruiting, they're paying more. And oh, by the way, they can work remote anyway, so why are they gonna stay? Well. I want to know that my work has meaning. I want to know that I'm making a positive impact on the world. I want to know that I'm getting better and I have a leader who I can align and have that shared sense of values, consistency, like you were saying. And so to me, um, you know, it's part of the secret sauce for how you keep, how you attract and retain the best people, which is how you're going to be successful as a business. So it's a huge part of the secret sauce because you know, we're all looking for the best people, right? We're all looking for the best, brightest, sharpest teammates we can have. And that's who we hire. That's who we work with. And so you know what that means? That means that we're working with an army of volunteers. Everyone who works for us is a volunteer. They don't have to be here. They didn't get drafted. They, they, they didn't sign some contract. They can go anytime, any place, and everybody wants them. So it's an army of volunteers. If you want to keep an army of volunteers working with you, 
better give them some reason to stay. And, and it's not good enough to say, stay here and this company will make more money. No, stay, stay here and we'll change the world. Stay here and we'll make a positive difference. Stay here and we'll make your community better. In addition to doing great things for our clients and creating an opportunity for all of us to learn and grow every day. Now, okay, maybe that's worth hanging around for. Yeah, army of volunteers. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, so, so, so on this note of, you know, the 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 culture at Doherty, and um, I know that I know that you know that there's, I would say, some unique things that that you guys do. Um, the Doherty band. Not many. I don't know any other companies that have a band. <laughs> okay. Um, I know that you know just being uh, involved in your communities. Um, from a philanthropic standpoint is important. So tell us a little bit about some of these unique things that, you know, reflect the culture that you have. Why do you do them? What's the impact that you have, that you, you see this having with your, your teammates, your employees, your associates? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, there are a couple of really important concepts there, John. One is some time ago, I decided that there are three things. If I can find the intersection of these three things, then it's going to be good. And those three things are do something that's good for the business, do something that's fun, and do something that makes a positive difference. If I can find that intersection, I'm going to do it every time. Every time I can find that intersection. And so when I, when I think about a way to make myself more accessible to, to my teammates, to communicate with my teammates, to be more visible, uh, then, gee, well, what do I like to do for fun? And how can I map that in? And so I like to play the harmonica and sing. So we have a company band. And so what do we do with that company band? In addition to making myself more accessible and visible in a, in a, in a way that, that makes me more approachable, well, we do the United Way Battle of the Corporate Bands. Uh, and we do shrimp boils for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. And we, were the, we played the after party at the American Heart Association Heartball. We do things like that. So fun, good for the business, and helps make a positive difference. Three things. All right. That's and gold. You know, I never go to four because it's too hard to remember. Yeah, you got to keep it three. simple, right? You got to keep it simple. <laughs> okay. Right. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, for our audience, you know, definitely I want everyone to stick around because we're going to be playing uh, a little bit of this band, the Doherty band afterwards. I think it's Bring the Party. So Nice, yeah. nice. Hey, you know where that came from? Where's that? It was a leadership development session. Okay. Decided to do a leadership development session. I, I might come back to that later because one of my top priorities right now is getting Darty Business Solutions ready for the future. Yeah. And building the next generation executive leadership team is maybe the most important part of that. Well, let's talk about it. So, so I'll just yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of tee you up with this this question because I think it's it's perfect for for this conversation, which is we're already looking at 2024 now. Um, you know, we're starting to think about, you know, our priorities as leaders, our strategies, how are we going to, you know, grow the business and um, continue to elevate employee experience. Talk to us about your priorities. What's your vision as you look forward? We'd love to, to hear more. I know you just, you know, talked about leadership development. So tell us a little more about it. Happy to do that. We just finished last year, 350 million in revenue. I think I can take the company to a billion while I'm still running it. We're on that, we're on that that path right now. We're, we're at that level of growth. And, uh, and that's really important to me. And here's the reason why. 
because I have found that the, the, the larger and more successful Doherty becomes, the greater the positive difference we can make. And there's a concept embedded in that that it just, just crystallized for me just a few years ago. And that's the, the, the difference in the relationship between success and significance. So success means that your business is growing, you're making money, you're achieving some business objectives. Okay, that's really good. Everyone needs that. But you become significant. You become significant when you use that success to do good things, to improve your community, to make a positive difference to help people. And so when a company, uh, it's almost impossible to be significant without being successful. You can be successful without being significant. So I've just made a commitment that Darty's going to be significant. That means we're going to be successful and we're going to make it matter. So, so those are, you know, those are some of the things that come to mind. Yeah, I love it. Um, I know that um, you mentioned about, uh, I guess, moving to being employee owned, mm -hmm. the ESOP. So, yeah. so where, where does that, you know, how does, how did that come? Uh, you know, where does that fit in in terms of the future vision? Love to hear about that too. Yeah, a number of years ago, I just decided that. I was never going to sell the company to an outside firm and never go public. And that I would transition. I, I've been really fortunate. John started the company 38 years ago and have never had an outside investor. So I own the business. And, and uh, the, I decided that I would transition ownership and leadership to the team that got us here. And so I made that commitment. In fact, the name of the Doherty Band is not for a billion. Because years ago, years ago when I decided to name the band, somebody reminded me of a story I used to tell about how I would not sell Darty for a billion dollars cash. <laughs> and so that's where the name came from, not for a billion. Because okay. we don't do it for the money. That's such a cool story. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get to hear not for a billion right after yeah. the show. Yeah. So, okay. And so just to wrap that story up, this leadership development session, yeah. we combined a fun thing. We wrote a company song in the leadership development session. That's the song that, that you're going to play. And then um, I, I took a trip to Nashville and uh, the, the, the Sound Emporium, the, the recording studio where Chris Stapleton recorded Tennessee Whiskey. Really? That's, wow. where, we, that's where we recorded this, this uh, Darty Brought the Party, a company song written by our leadership team. Wow. And then, and then so we had the soundtrack. I, I, I made the trip in, worked with the leadership development team that helped us write it along with some studio musicians. We, we, I played the harmonica track on it. Then we brought it back, brought it back to my house. And in my garage where the Darty Band practices, that's where we filmed the, the music video. Oh, wow. So okay. that's the story of Darty Brought the Party. I love it. I love it. That is, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's unique. Um, you know, not in a billion. We're, we're, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so, and, and, you know, you've, you've, Ronnie, you've touched on, you know, as Darty is more successful, it's going to enable... Um, the organization have a bigger positive impact, be significant, right? And I know that um, uh, a program called Access Point um, has been very important, right? And so talk to us a little bit about Access Point um, and also share about how that, how that impacts your culture as an organization, how that impacts employees. So we'd love to hear more about that too. Yeah, thanks for asking that. Access Point is really important. Access Point comes from the concept that while talent is equally distributed, access to opportunity is not. So that's where Access Point came from. And, and we work to take uh, under-resourced students, primarily African-American and female students, from high school 
to a well-paying career in information technology within a year. And there are other programs that do similar things, and we think of them as complementary, not competitive in any way. We do some unique things. First of all, I started with the jobs. I formed a, C a, a consortium of CIOs, and they agreed. We, we have thousands of jobs that will need to be filled over the next three years. And a large percentage of those can be filled at the entry level. So we figured out, we established that there are thousands of jobs that will need to be filled at the entry level. And the way you fill entry level jobs is you train people to do them. So if we're going to have to train up individuals to do these jobs, why not also, why not also think about the diversity issue? Because I don't know of any organization in the world that would say, yeah, we have plenty of diversity in our technology group. And so, so that, that we, we combined those two and we, we started with the jobs, then we established relationships with 50 high schools, with community colleges, and with four-year colleges. And so we start, we, we reverse engineer the training. The CIOs have said at MasterCard, at Edward Jones, at Cigna, at Bayer, at other major companies. Bring me, bring me a student who's learned this material and I'll guarantee them a job. I'll guarantee them a job between fifty-five dollars and $65,000 a year, wow. even though they've only been out of high school a few months. And so that's where we started. And then we partnered with the colleges so that the students could get college credit for the training. And, and we, you know, we, we did some of the, we, we have some Darty teammates who are adjunct professors. Okay. Because they needed help teaching the classes, but, but we made it work. We made it work. So higher, higher ed, high schools, corporations, brought it all together. We've had about 100 students through the program now that are working in the major corporations that I mentioned, uh, among others. And here, let me tell you about an email I got. A young, young woman, African-American woman named Destiny, 18 years old, sent an email to me. She said, Mr. Dottie, I just want to thank you for the Access Point program. Because of Access Point, I now believe in myself for the first time. And I can finally help my mother so she doesn't have to work three jobs. And last night, for the first time in years, we were able to sit down and have dinner together. Wow. So after I stopped crying, yeah. You know, I, I just said, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing it, and I'm going to take it everywhere in the world. I, um, I mean, that's significance, yeah, that's right? That's significance. And, and not only is it, I mean, it, it's, it is significance, but it's generational significance, right? Because you're, you're changing the trajectory of that, that whole family, mm -hmm. right? And uh, because now they believe that they can, they can do that. It's so very true. Yeah. And in fact, we're seeing it affect the entire neighborhood. That's so the cool. The entire neighborhood. Yeah. You, you know, I just, sometimes I, I speak at a lot of events and sometimes I'm asked hard questions. And, you know, race questions, crime questions. And, and what I say is, you know, I just may not be smart enough to know the answer, but here's what I believe. I believe that the best way to get rid of the bad is to do more good. And I believe that the way we address these big issues, race, crime, and other issues, we play the long game and we invest heavily on, in young people. We invest heavily in young people. And so that's what Access Point's about. I love it. love it, Ron. Um, you've, you've shared just so much wisdom, knowledge, lessons learned uh, in our discussion today, and I am so grateful uh, for that. Um, as we wrap up, um, one of the things that we like to do is you know, for, for 
CEOs, for executive leaders who are listening, you know, is there a, a key takeaway? Is there a, a practical piece of advice that you would leave them with that they could, you know, start implementing with their teams and, you know, for, for, for themselves? Anything that comes to mind as we kind of wrap up here today? You know, one thing that comes to mind, it took me a long time to learn this. I'd say just maybe in the last couple of years. Two things, make it personal and make it fun. That sounds so obvious, doesn't it? But we get caught up in our business objectives. I'm a hard driving guy, right? I, I, I didn't get where I am by, by being relaxed and easy going about it. But you can make it personal in a really positive way and you can make it fun. And so the not for a billion band, uh, the Darty brought the party music video, the, those sorts of things. And here's something I started doing a couple of years ago. I have community leader meetings at my home. Just this last, this last community leader session that I had, uh, Penny Pennington, the CEO of Edward Jones attended. Jackie Applegate, who runs what was Monsanto, now it's Bear Crop Science North America. She attended senior leaders like that, uh, of that, of, of that stature. And these are community leader slash dance lesson parties. Dance lessons. Dance lesson. We teach them introduction <laughs> okay. to swing dancing. We do, and we find two things. First of all, that these senior leaders from different industries often don't know each other. They know others in their same industry, but not in different industries. And there are always synergies because every good senior leader wants to make a positive difference. And often there are things that are complementary and, and that, that uh, opportunities for greater collaboration. And then we find that even the most senior leader in the world is terrified about learning how to dance in public. <laughs> <laughs> and that creates an interesting bonding situation. And, and they do it, right? We just, we make sure they can do it and do it well, and they all do, and it's a great thing. Do good for your business, have fun, and do good for your community. Bingo, there brother. <laughs> Ron, thank you so much for joining us on The Great Retention. I really appreciate you being here with us today. What a pleasure.
That wraps up another edition of The Great Retention. Thank you for joining us and being a leader who genuinely cares about recognizing and empowering the everyday hero and the team members around you. We are proud to support your leadership journey and grateful for your support of this podcast. If you haven't already, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. This helps us get this content in front of more aspiring people-first business leaders. If you'd like more perspectives on how to create exceptional cultures around award-winning talent, Go to coolleaf.com and sign up for our newsletter to get them straight into your inbox two times per month. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening. Now go be people first leaders by celebrating and connecting your people today. HR professionals, thanks for listening. As promised, this episode of the Great Retention Podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM CP, SHRM SCP, and HRCI recertification. To claim your SHRM credit, please visit thegreatretention.com slash SHRM. To claim your HRCI credit, please visit thegreatretention.com slash HRCI. Complete the three question form to receive your certification code. That's thegreatretention.com slash SHRM and thegreatretention.com slash HRCI.